Welcome to Sonic Stories, the show where music, human performance, and life intersect in a truth through personal stories. My name is Benny Collins, and each week I invite a guest to choose three songs that have shaped their life in one way or another and to share the stories behind these songs and the meaning that they hold for them. Outside of this, I work in the field of sports psychology as a mental performance coach, so I work with performers such as athletes, performing artists, executives on working through any sort of mental obstacles or even injuries that they might be facing and to help them optimize their strength and fully realize their performance. And the little tidbit um, of research that I'm going to cite in this here part of the episode, I don't know why I just said that like that, um, is just the idea of social support and particularly when a person is rebounding from an injury. And so um, just upon looking a little bit of research, there's an article that came out about eight years ago in 2013 by Arvin and Barrow and Pack. Um, and these two people talked about social support and being having it be more of like a multi-dimensional construct that can be broken down into these three different pieces. The first one being emotional support, the second being informational support, and the third being tangible. And let me kind of break it down a little bit further. So we think about emotional support. I think we all have a general sense of what that means. Someone who is beside us when we are beside ourselves or just having a really tough time and offering warm and loving words of encouragement, um, feedback that is very helpful to us, things like that. Informational support. When I think of this, I think about a physical therapist that is creating a rehabilitation plan for someone who has torn their ACL, for instance. Coming back from an injury like that, you damn sure need a plan. You need a rigid and serious plan on getting back into the gym to regain the muscle strength and mass in those muscles that have been lost, typically in your quad and your hamstring, your glute for ACL injuries. I had one, I, I've been through it, I'm familiar, very not fun. Um, but that plan, that plan is so, so important. And then also just even the adherence to the plan. But that's a whole other different thing. Third piece uh, that I mentioned was tangible support. I think about this kind of support, um, and we'll use that same example as before with an athlete who had torn their ACL. Tangible support to me means receiving support in, in, the, in the way that maybe a person is driving this injured person to the hospital for their PT, for their physical therapy. When you're in a cast, your leg is anchored or positioned in a way where you can't flex it. It's just, it's, you can't drive. It's unsafe to drive. It's actually, I think, maybe even illegal to drive at that point. Um, but that's a kind of tangible, tangible support where that person is right there with you and doing something, you know, it's, it's helping them, helping them live. And so how does this relate to my guests this week? Um, my guest this week is my dear friend, Robbie Schiller. Robbie's a conservation specialist at Operation Fresh Start in Madison, Wisconsin, where he works with young adults on building their skills and preparedness for a career in conservation. He strives to bring joy to everything he does, whether it's in or out of his professional life. As a multi-instrumentalist and vocalist of 20 plus years, He's been in multiple bands and carries a uniquely singular style in his pursuits that leaves a lasting positivity and levity, whether he's on the stage or catching up with family and friends. And I was thinking about support. I mean, the whole idea of even getting on this topic of social support, I was speaking with an injured athlete uh, just two days ago. Um, and that was one of the things that she and I had spoke about. But getting into social support with my, with my guest, Robbie, this week, um, in the episode, we'll talk about something that he and a few of us other did last year during the, the real lockdown when it hit during the pandemic, and that was play music together. And for me, surviving and bringing warmth and fun and excitement 
to that time period, the music that we created was 100% a part of that. And Robbie is one of a few other individuals that really did provide social support for me. They, they provided emotional support for sure in the form of a lot of laughter um, and just some good old fashioned hugs because we all need some hugs. Um, but they also gave that, that informational support as a new mus musician, somebody who's trying out an instrument for the first time, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And these are people that I was fortunate enough to play with that had been playing music for a very long time. And so I always knew if there were any questions that I was needing to ask or was going to ask, they would be able to 100% give it to me back straight and honest, not a joke. They take it seriously because they know that I care and they care about me. And so that's how that support piece ties into Robbie. But, um, you know, I mentioned levity kind of in the breakdown and in his little intro. This conversation is full of levity. It's very playful. It's unlike the previous four episodes that uh, that I recorded and have, have put out there. And so that's just, a, I guess, a little fun content warning for you. Nothing harmful, but just a great time all around. And I loved every second of it. So without further ado, here's Robbie. Robbie, welcome to the show. Hi, Benny. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you. How are you? Um, I am slightly sedate. I had a nice outdoor strenuous day of work in the fields, streams, moving rocks and trees around, putting them in all sorts of weird places. You'd never <laughs> expect them. Um, uh, and now I, I just got home, took a nice, uh, nice shower, and I'm in full sweatshirt mode, Tis ready to do some, some prop comedy. <laughs> I hope your audience loves prop comedy, because here comes up a bunch of prop comedy. <laughs> yeah, this has entirely been, it's, it's been a ruse this whole time. So this is actually going to be a prop comedy show from here on out, not about music, not about sports psychology. I'm going to. But we're finally, we're finally going to talk about prop comedy, right? So the show, the show about talking about prop comedy. Okay, okay, fair enough. So what, what's the show actually about? This show, the one we're we're talking about now. Uh huh. The one that we're on right now. Um, this so one. Yeah. So, so what we're doing? Yeah. What's so it about? There's this I've guy. There's this guy. Uh, his name is Benny Collins, and. He started a podcast about music, about people, human performance, memories, because he feels through his own personal experiences and those that he is close to that music can really change people's lives because it's definitely changed his life. And so this is his little quest to meet up with somebody virtually each week to talk about the three songs that have shaped them and made them into who they are. It's tough. I got to say the, 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 thing that made me the most hesitant about coming on the show was having to pick three out of you know everything do these are these are these listeners are they gonna just know who who i am and and what i'm about or should i explain that actually yeah give us give us a little overview please, please do um so yeah, my name is Robbie Schiller and I am from Northern Wisconsin. I've been playing and performing music, original music for oh, 20 years or so, more than that. I don't 
want to do math right now. It's not a math podcast, all right? This is about the heart. Um, and yeah, I played in a band called Blue Heels for a real long time, or what felt like a real long time. And um, a couple other bands, I played with Todorino and the Todds. A lot of fans out there, I'm sure. Um, little Legend. I don't even remember. And my current musical project and creative uh, channel for everything that I do and love creatively is called Free Dirt. And I, I could put a plug in or something. I don't know. Yeah. I think that was a plug. It was. It's on, it's on the internet. That's true. Yeah. You'll, you'll hit us in your first three tries for Free Dirt Band. That's true. Yeah, there is a couple. Oh, and we're from Madison, Wisconsin. That's right. And that's actually how I know you guys from when I used to live there. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Robbie is someone who's been playing music for multiple decades. I don't really, I don't think I know anybody else that I can say that about, that I've gotten to know pretty well. They played music for multiple decades. Um, I imagine that music has shaped you. So like, what are, hit us, hit us with like your first memory of music in your life. Can you go back to what that is? Oh yeah, that's, that's super easy actually. So I can do first musical memory and then I can do first specific song memory, even though it's not on my list. Is that okay? Please, yes, continue. <laughs> can we do that? <laughs> please <laughs> um so my first my first musical memory is um my parents got me from like sears or some place that looks like a sears you know how they're always like kind of like dimly lit with like 50 percent of the fluorescent lights are working yeah and like it's just this giant like expanse attached to a mall and you have to go up the escalator to get anything yeah it's like an infinite gray space yeah so we went there one sunday after church probably when I was about five years old and my parents let me get this like uh, drum set, this little Smurfs drum set that was like perfectly to scale for a real drum set for my little like five-year-old Robbie. So little five-year-old Robbie went home and set up the drums in the basement and I would just like blast like all the time. I can't even like, I would, but I would turn the radio on and I would play along with the radio. So I would play drums to the songs and stuff. And my parents always say that it wasn't like bad, but there's no way it wasn't bad. Yeah. It sounds like your parents really love you. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. And also <laughs> like love my music for the most part. Um, and I would say almost entirely. They just don't like when I don't watch my language and stuff like that. But no, my parents were incredibly supportive. So that's my first memory of music is playing playing the, those drums or maybe even just wanting those drums is like a, a memory of music, like realizing that was a thing that like I could do as a person that like, you know, when I heard music, there were people doing it. Right. Right. And I, I could be one of those. Um, and so I would play the drums in the basement all the time. And that was super great. Eventually I just broke it and you're not going to like, you know, put new heads on your ears <laughs> from, from Smurf. You just go to Guitar Center, right? pick them up, replace them. So yeah, that thing was trash eventually. 
And that was probably like 10 years before I would play. But the first song that I remember is Big Girls Don't Cry uh, by the Four Seasons. You know that song? I'm Big sorry. girls, they don't cry. They don't cry. Big girl. You know what I'm talking about? I do. I do. I and do. Frankie, Frankie Valley's whole thing was that he could sing super duper high and do the Yep. Like I way higher than that. Like I could never, never do it. Um in my ripe old age. Uh, I remember me and my best friend at the time, my dad had that song on eight track tape recorded off of the radio. And uh, me and my best friend at the time, just listened to that song over and over and over. And I have this very vivid memory of like looking him in the eyes when, when it would do the <laughs> part and singing along with it, both of us and just thinking it was the funniest and like weirdest thing that we had ever heard. Like just really like geeking out on music at a young age, being like, "This is insane!" <laughs> that like people made these noises, and, and we just can listen to it over and over whenever we want. Yeah. So that made, was cool. They made so much money off it. Frankie Valley is is a man that has existed in in like almost as an iconic level. So it's oh, impressive. for sure. Like especially now with like the um, Eastwood movie and the the broadway musical whatever that's called i don't remember back to the future yeah <laughs> no it's back to the future too oh my yeah also my yeah it is also back to the future right right fair enough fair enough awesome well, can we do ads for stuff that we like in in the hopes that people will send it to us do it go for it oh man i'm just really enjoying this uh flying embers kombucha Oh, are they with local a to... little something extra? Oh, okay. Are they local to Madison? I don't know. What am I, the lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I am their lawyer. Maybe it's none of your business. California. So, okay. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Copy, <laughs> copycats. No, it's delicious. Um, yeah. Do we do we jump into the, the meat of it now? Yeah, let's, let, let's do it. Let's do it. So you sent me your songs and you're actually the first guest to send me the order in which you'd like to talk through them. And so I think it's just chronological, but not uh, that might not be true. Yeah, I think so, the second yeah, and third are first? a little close. Yeah, the first is going to be The Very Thought of You by Billie Holiday. Yeah, and specifically the, the Billie Holiday version. Um. I think all of the songs on my list have this shared quality of it being a time where I heard something and was like, oh, people do stuff like that too. Like, cause growing up, I had a, a like my, my family loved music, um, but they weren't like obsessed with pop music. Like I would become, you know, pretty early on in my life um and so we listened to music growing up but we would like listen to movie soundtracks that was like a big thing like scores to movies like a lot of john williams and jurassic park and apollo 13 and man what were the robin hood prince of thieves that was a big one that was like a formative musical experience of my childhood um and so we also happened to have the um 
soundtrack to a little known Mel Gibson 90s romantic movie uh, called Forever Young, starring a, a young Elijah Wood um, right alongside old Mel there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for taking that a little further. <laughs> and so, so uh, Mel and Elijah Wood are standing next to each other at points in this movie at one point, you know. So I guess I do kind of have to tell you the plot of <laughs> yeah. so the movie I do. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, um, oh. So Mel Gibson, I'll, I'll try and I'll just blow through it. <laughs> okay. Just, just hold your breath. I'll bet you can hold your breath for the whole time that I'm describing this movie. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one. <gasps> uh, Mel Gibson is a pilot in like the 1940s, maybe, or 20s or something. And he does this experimental thing where he gets frozen. He's only supposed to be frozen for a week, but they freeze him for a long time, wakes up maybe in the 90s and uh, has to figure out how to stop dying. But he just dies because he gets old. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> this is too much. This is too much. <laughs> <laughs> in, um, in the 50s or wherever it was, it wasn't the 50s. It was the 20s. Um, yeah, it was the 20s when Mel Gibson was a test pilot. He was in love. Oh boy, was he in love. And they would drive around in a convertible and they listened to this song, um, The Very Thought of You by Billie Holiday. <laughs> and they, you know, so that, that song's in the movie and the rest of the movie has like a score composed by somebody, probably Jerry Flippin' Goldsmith. Probably Jerry Goldsmith. Um, <laughs> if you think about it, it was probably him though. Yeah, it's probably Jerry. Uh, and um, so the, the soundtrack was just the score and then it was the one like song song was the very thought of you by Billie Holiday and you know it's Billie Holiday I had never heard anyone sing like that before like where like you can't tell if it's a man or a woman singing necessarily it doesn't really matter it's just this like sound from a world that you know nothing about yeah like, and, and especially in that era mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. a person of color to be doing that oh yeah i mean well it, it you could argue it, it made a lot of sense back then too but like because she was huge she was a massive star yeah which is also really curious i'm all i'm also I'm, I'm always fascinated by these people who have there must have just been something about like the sensibility of the twenties that people were more into voices with like character and voices that almost were were characters, like like Louis Armstrong and, and Billie Holiday and and folks like that. Um, and so I've like I would put Bob Dylan in that category, and I would put uh, you know Willie Nelson in that category, like voices that you hear and you're like, that's not like sure they're great singers, but no one else sounds like that. Yeah, that, that kind of makes you think of Neil Young, too. Yeah, like for, as sure, as, for as sure. As soon as that guy starts singing Old Man, we all know that it's Neil Young. Yeah, absolutely. And oddly enough, when I, when I was an, initially um, describing Billie Holiday's voice, the thing that sprung to mind in my head was Getty Lee from Rush. Yeah, because, sure. Mostly because it also has like that like androgynous quality, mm -hmm. but it, it's very single, singular. Um, like... That's a, that's a voice that you're not even going to confuse with uh, John Anderson from Yes, who would be the closest analog, maybe. 
let's uh let's go to the phone lines <laughs> <laughs> callers callers <laughs> um so with so with this song the very thought of you um I, when i think about asking folks to put together their list of three songs i think about the feeling behind the songs because there are some that we listen to over the course of our lives where it's the first five to 10 seconds, the first few bars of a song. And it like kind of unlocks and locks something inside of us. It kind of catches us in a certain way. It gives us an emotional shift. It gives us like a cerebral shift, a mental shift, right. whatever, you, whatever you want to call it. Does this song do anything like that to you where it, it just suddenly shifts something inside of you within the first five seconds? Um, yeah. Absolutely. And it's, that's going to be a common thread with, with all the songs on this list. It's, it's that it, it moves the, the needle, like it makes your world bigger. Mm. Like you're the world that, that like lives inside of you, the world that is, is you and like is, is your mind and your consciousness and everything. Like that, like, almost like a like a psychedelic experience especially when you're young because when you're young the world starts out terrifyingly huge so so huge that you can't even comprehend it and you're just a wriggling like massive goo or whatever and then eventually you have to whittle that down and like figure out what's important to pay attention to and what to let go of and you experience less and less of it in a sense and then you kind of spend the other part of your life realizing what you can let back in from that like staggering infinite experience that was like i i don't know you remember being born right yeah i mean it, it was pretty recent so yeah <laughs> <laughs> no no i i do understand what you're saying i do understand what you're saying um, like where the world seems huge when we're young as we grow up it kind of gets smaller and smaller and i and i think with when it when thinking about the impact of these songs music can be very grounding and then you, you spoke a little bit about how we over time let things back in because the world can get so scary and we kind of have to put up borders sometimes but songs like this really open you up yeah absolutely it um yeah you put that perfectly uh but it's it's just that experience where you you get a window into something but it's it's more than getting a window into it because it it is like it's a change that stays with you you know you never lose it like there was this quote on the wall at a, a school that i were used to work at um i was the night janitor no that's not true i was i worked in the day <laughs> you were a day janitor <laughs> <laughs> i worked in the day <laughs> Um, but it was like knowledge is something that they can't that no one can take away from you like yeah like learning it was probably learning like the more you learn it's like the more you have that they can't take away from you that's a huge paraphrase and I don't know who the quote is but it's like that it's like you you hear that song you have that experience and we could like dive into the lyrics and stuff too like because there is just something you listened to it today. What did, what did it like do to you? And is that a song that you were familiar with? Like before this? I, yeah. So I've, I've heard a few of Billie Holiday's tracks. I would venture to say this was one of them. It's been a long time since I have. I think it's one of the biggest ones probably. Yeah. yeah. So. Because for of me, Forever Young with Mel Gibson and Elijah Wood. 
Yeah. And actually, you know, nothing against Mr. Mel and Mr. Elijah, but I think that the paraphrasing of the story that you shared a little bit ago is my favorite iteration of any Mel Gibson film. You haven't seen any Lethal Weapon movies? I, I know, I'm totally joking. I think I've seen Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Mel Gibson is, was a great treasure. R.I.P. Right. Uh, what was I going to, I was going to, oh, makes me think of, when I think of this, when I heard this song, it immediately made me think of my grandmother, for sure. And it made me think about my grandmother when she was a kid. She was born in 1939. I think this version that Billie Holiday did, uh, Billie Holiday did was the mid It's older than that. Yeah, I think I looked it up. I think it's 1934. Maybe the Google yeah, machine that sounds, is off. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's pre World War II. Yeah, yeah. So definitely. So it made me think of it. Made me think of her. Maybe think of this like poor living in the middle of nowhere near Dodgeville in Mount Hoare, Wisconsin, gal in the early. 40s. That's my grandmother. It made me think of her. I, I guess I could say it's it's also one of the first times, and it may wow. Oh, this you've cracked you've cracked it, young man. There's a possibility that like this song and like my love of this song at an early age kind of helped to form how I wanted romantic love to be. I was wondering if we're going to move into this, into this area um, because it's which it's is a, this will be funny when we get to Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be a hard left. I can't wait, but continue. Um, <laughs> well, let's let's stay here for a moment with yeah. with Billy Holiday in a very like safe and um, you know devoted and warm. and adoring. Yeah, warm like just the thought of you like and and. And my my knees are shaking, and I'm you know I'm I, that's not how the song goes, but right. like, but the yeah the premise being all I have to do is think of you, and I'm like in ecstasy, and like the the sweetness and the tenderness of it, I I think those things helped me not to like not to be a super trashy dude as I got older, like yeah. Yeah, and I think also probably thanks to your sisters, I would guess too. I feel like oh yeah, I mean I yeah. I, 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 I I let's be real, I I prefer the the company of women, and I don't mean that how douchey people mean it when they say yeah no no I'm I'm with you on that. Like I I was having a conversation with with Molly, my twin, um, I think just a couple of weeks ago, and we're talking about like early friendships, and she said that you and I were our first best friends. And that kind of like shook it open for me. It's like my first best friend was a girl that was born on the same day as me. And so- Oh, and then right, I, yeah, and, and, then I, and then I think about my other two sisters. And then I think about all the, the female friends I've made over the years. And it's like, it makes sense. Like my very first friend experience was with someone who identified as a female. So it's just, mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely shaped me in the way that I think about people and just interact with people. Yeah. And it, boy, it, I feel like it's helped us, like saved us a lot of trouble. Sisters, what a great thing. Yeah, let's just, I'm going to, you can raise your beer. I'm going to raise my like, water. Like, yeah. Seriously, like cheers it's to not this. not a beer. It's this, now I've moved on to Strange Beast Hard Kombucha. It's natural and organic. Made with love in, I don't know why we settled on knowing where they're made. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not married to that idea. You don't have to. Uh, Chico, California. They all. I'm sure they're all California sisters. Yeah. To sisters. But no, I think. Yeah, the intensity of the love of this song, the very thought of you, like you're saying, and how all I, all I would have to do, or what the lyrics are saying, is all I have to do is think of you, and it's pure ecstasy. Like, yeah, is there, is there any more intense feeling of loving another person than that, where you're just and, but but I think what I like about it, and what you know, I'll I'll say what I love about it is like, there is that intensity to it, but it's not like there's no darkness there's no like edge like it's there's a sweetness to it that like to me is like i love this person i love this experience but i'm not like i'm not holding on to it with white knuckles like right. with clenched fists i'm i'm not like you know i'm i'm experiencing it i'm enjoying it i'm like it's a light thing it's not there's no heaviness to it yeah which that's how my thing. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. It makes you think of the five levels of attachment, which is a book by Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. Well, maybe talks, it makes you think of that. Yeah. Well, just when you're saying um, how you know in the song, it, it's not the type of love where you're white knuckling and like holding on. It's gripping and it's controlling and right. it's attachment. It's it's it's, it's a caress. Be, it's not a grab. It's yeah, like it's, it's being you know. in the presence of this lovely person or you know creature thing whatever being in the presence of it and having that connection and appreciating it for what it is rather than dominating it in any way yeah man i should have listened to these songs today i just picked them because they i mean they are that, that i guess that almost proves their significance because i didn't have to like go through and whatever i was gonna say um, you're pretty you're pretty on you're pretty on it with these for having not listened to them today well, I've, I've known them for a very long time. It's true. All right, that's that's it. Let's let's move on. Yeah, you got on good on right. Billy. Is that, are we good? Yeah, I think so. Did we get the shot? Did we get the shot? Did we? Was that the shot? Was that the take? Should we run it one more time? Yeah, let's uh, let's go back to that. Uh, I'll hold my breath. You do the, the Mel Brooks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mel Brooks. <laughs> waka waka. It's my Mel. Sorry, Mel. Sorry, Mel. Wrong Mel. Um, yeah, let's keep cruising along. Oh, yeah, so, Mel Brooks. That's a that's a good Mel. Yeah, we like. I, I mean, I I have loved for Gibson because I grew up in the '90s and I, you know, Road Warrior and Lethal Weapon and Braveheart. Oh. And like, even though all those things, like, I don't need to ever see them again in my life. But right, those Road were fun. I've anyway, Road Warrior for a long time. Okay, a Next. different podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to hit next on the old Discman here. This next song is Days to Confuse by Led Zeppelin. So, so yeah, here's... Sorry, if you were listening, if you're... What did you have to say about it? I'm sorry, I cut you off. But when I was, I was just thinking about the, the chronology of these three songs, I hope that's a word, thinking about how... Yeah, that's got to be a word. Yeah, I would assume so. Let's go but, to the phones. <laughs> Calls? let's take our first caller we're uh, drowning out here <laughs> <laughs> we got we got that that wednesday 2 a.m slot <laughs> um i was thinking about the very thought of you by billy holiday and how you said that this is a song that you heard when you're young and it really right. stuck with you 
Dazed and Confused by Led Zeppelin, this makes you think of teenage, angsty, I'm learning how to play the, the guitar and getting better at the drums version of Robbie. Oh, yeah. That's, that's fairly spot on. Um, yeah. With, with one... Um, please correct me. Is, what, what, what's that? I said, please correct, correct. me. If I'm off, yeah, like totally... I thought you said hysterectomy. No, that's the other podcast. Right. That's the third <laughs> podcast now. We have the, the Road Road Warrior one, the hysterectomy one. There, and, I think, I think, I think those, they're like infinity stones is how I'm seeing this. <laughs> you're, you're gathering podcasts <laughs> to gain power and take over the world. Okay. Um, so Dazed and Confused. A lot of a lot of connections here. Um, Led Zeppelin boy, what a complicated relationship do I have with, with Led Zeppelin at this point in my life. And knowing Led Zeppelin is a great example. There, there's so much to dive into just with them as a band, but maybe I'll try and keep it specific to this song. Um, the, first, the first time I heard this song, and here's where the drug content comes in. But to be fair, no drugs happen in this story. It's just like a, 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 a sad imitation. Or it's cute, depending on how you think about it. Anyway, that's enough preamble. Um, so oddly enough, this same best friend who I talked about earlier on with Big Girls Don't Cry, you know, holding hands and spinning circles in the living room and looking in each other's eyes and going, they don't cry, I, I. Um, and laughing our asses off, we, um, he had an older sister. Um, she was probably like 15 or 16 at this time when we were in, you know, fifth grade. Um, and she was like a hippie. And she was like the first hippie I had ever seen. And it was like very exciting for me. You know, probably because she was just like an older girl. She wasn't like, you know, I wasn't in love with her or anything, but I was enamored with like her, her whole vibe and everything that was going on. Sure. And um, so I remember at one time, at one point, me and, and her little brother, who was my buddy, we like snuck into her room and like we're rooting around in her shit. And what we found, well, what I guess to put it more accurately, what he wanted to show me was um this led zeppelin cd and specifically this song dazed and confused and then he wanted to show me this bong that his big sister had and so he pulled out this bong and like for, <laughs> for some reason i don't know there's something about my childhood or whatever i like even at this point i wasn't i wasn't like what is that i like you know, there's stuff you see and you just kind of understand what it's for. Yeah. You, you, you know what I mean? Like because of context and you're like, you see a thing and you're like, you've seen enough like um, hinting at it in popular culture and like references and stuff that you like, you see the thing for the first time and you know, just like for me, the first time I ever smelled weed, I was like, Oh shit. That's what weed smells like. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like I was like, Oh, okay. Wow. Like, yeah. It was, and so, Oddly enough, we 
like had this bong, we had this Led Zeppelin CD. We're like, we got to do the thing that like, he was like, you got to, this is what my sister does. Um, and so we put this Led Zeppelin album on and we listened to this song and we didn't have any weed. And we're like, wow, what, what do we got that we can put in the part where you put stuff in it? And we landed on Kool-Aid. And so we, we, <laughs> we put some Kool-Aid in this bog and, and we, uh, <laughs> and we put on Days of Confused by Led Zeppelin and we smoked Kool-Aid out of the bog. <laughs> oh my God. We like, we leaned back on the carpet and we just listened to the song and I don't remember. It's a pretty long song, right? Like you said, you listened to it twice today. It's over 11 minutes. Okay, so yeah, you had to like carve out. You, you, you took your lunch break. Yeah, I, 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 I took PTO just to listen to this song twice. <laughs> and so yeah, we, we listened to that song, and somehow I sort of after that managed to like kind of forget about it. Um, like forget about Led Zeppelin. I got distracted by other kinds of music. I think right after this, I went to middle school. And in middle school, like grunge was happening and like everybody, everything was like Kurt Cobain and like, this is what music sounds like. And it was all like super distorted guitars and like chunky chords. And like, that was what was cool. Um, and so Led Zeppelin kind of got buried for a while. Um, but eventually the, the first person who I was ever in a band with um, who I definitely need to give a lot of credit, my, my buddy Chad, uh, Chad Prusy, Chad Alden Prusy. Look him up on Facebook. He doesn't do it, but he's got a <laughs> thing. There's like a picture of him. Okay, I'll check MySpace first then. He's still super active on MySpace. <laughs> he and Tom from MySpace are super close. Yeah. <laughs> They're the only two people left on that. He, uh, so he... Basically what happened was the, the summer, the summer between um, grade school and middle school. So between sixth and seventh grade, which was what it was when I was a kid. Um, I was obsessed with basketball, which you might be amused to hear about me knowing like the group of friends that I have and how much interest I have in basketball now. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, hang, hang in with me and it'll all make sense. Um, I was obsessed with basketball. So I would, I would like all summer by myself, I would go to the basketball, like hoops down at the grade school and just like, just shoot, like take shots and like dribble around for until the sun went down and after, cause there were lights and then eventually go home. Like that was what I did all summer. Cause I was going to try out for the, the middle school basketball team. Um, and so I got to middle school. I'm doing middle school for a while. Da, 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 da. It's, it's all going, whatever. Eventually, basketball tryouts roll around. And I try out for the basketball team. And I'm, I'm trash. I'm like, I'm no good <laughs> at basketball at all. And on top of it, like, by the time they had tryouts, I already had, like, too many absences and detentions and things like that. So I, like, couldn't be on the basketball team. Um. And so I'm all sad and I like, I'm meeting all these new people. Cause in middle school, you know, all the elementary schools like dump into like the same pot and you, you got like this new, yeah, it's true. Like crew of folks around you. And it's kind of exciting. Um, 
And so then I meet Chad Alden Prusi on MySpace. I mean, not on MySpace, but he's the guy on MySpace that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's so Chad, the MySpace guy. People, I bet you should look at the numbers. I bet our listeners are just skyrocketing right now. I mean, my my landline has a lot of red, <laughs> my, my, has a lot of red lights. Lighting. Yeah, it has to be blowing up like Christmas crazy. <laughs> So I meet him and I'm all sad about the basketball team. And he's like, I don't know. Like I was playing guitar. We should like, my, my dad plays music or whatever. We should start a band. And like, this was the moment where I like remembered that I like played the drums and that I liked playing the drums. Like when I was a kid or whatever. And I was like, yeah, dude, let, let's totally start a band. So I like go and I beg my parents to get me a drum set for the first time since I was six or whenever it broke mm-hmm. the, the Smurfs drum set. <laughs> And uh, me and me and me and Chad, we me and Chad Prusy started band. That's his actual name. I'm going to use all the actual names. This is the first name. Get into detail about my drug dealers and stuff. I'm going to use everybody's (laughs) names. Right. And so, with with that memory, it it brought you back. You remembered that you had drums. You enjoy playing drums. And so he's like, "Hey, if we're going to be a band." I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give you some like stuff to study essentially. And he gave me like Nirvana, Nevermind and, and Led Zeppelin, the, mm. the first album. And talking about that Billy holiday experience where you hear something and that was, you know, like that situation where you're, you're, your internal world, you're like, uh, consciousness like grows and makes room to include this this other thing that that you didn't know existed yeah. um, it was like that again like hearing Led Zeppelin for the first time especially like because in the 90s music was so uh, like fuzzy and, and compressed and like you know like all like very grungy and distorted and stuff and like Led Zeppelin is like loud and distorted and shit but like it's very precise and very big and powerful and like notes aren't like hidden under a fog of distortion like they want you to experience every note that every single person is playing and like so hearing that especially in that context was just like again like kind of a revolutionary thing from for my little brain and uh uh, it was that moment again where I was like, oh, this is a thing that like people do. You can do this with music, with drums and bass and guitar and someone singing like you can do this. Like and someone did not only can you do this, but someone did this 30 years ago or 20 years ago or what at the time. Because um, <laughs> now Led Zeppelin was 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, like what what did what did you think of it? yeah i mean i especially like specifically this time listening to it yeah yeah today today in this here day um i'm trying to think of it like what i was doing when i was listening to it because i noticed sometimes that when listening to a song that's a kind of as profound as this because like you said it's very powerful it's a lot going on everything is very distinct and so when i listen to songs like that it just like tweaks something inside of me like yeah kind of what you're talking about with like opening it up the consciousness opening up your mind and making room for it um and sometimes it's just a reminder too because like 
we shrink, you know, yeah. and then like things elbow their way back into like what we consider. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. And I think with, with this song, it, I noticed the changes and I love that there were a tempo change. I mean, I love a good tempo change. I'll, I'll admit it right here. I do. But I thought it was like very, it was like very cinematic to me. I thought yeah, it was, for sure. It, it was, it was like, I could see it being the big fight like the song that is accompanying a big fight scene in a fantasy movie at some point mm-hmm. or, or, or in like road warrior, which, which you referenced earlier. Yeah. Like I, I, I could, yeah, I could for see sure. big time, big time. That's what that took me. It was, it was very, it's a very fierce song. All right. So this is the one where, where the, the, I, I confuse this one with whole lot of whole lot of love. Whole lot of love is the oh. one with the, the weird like yeah. But they're similar in structure in that like in whole lot of love, you start out with that riff like like you're saying, yeah. and then you get to the like drums. The <laughs> not to we'll, we'll tickle the dead by saying the drums in space section of <laughs> whole lot of love, where um, like he starts making the 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 fucking splooge noises where he's like ah, 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 oh ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah right 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 yeah and like that that hearing that <laughs> and some of the stuff he says and oh my god okay we weren't gonna wade into it we were, <laughs> we're, we're we're knee deep at we're, this point we're back to we're back to days and confused but it's that same thing where the song starts out in one way and you eventually get to a point where you're completely somewhere else you're you're off way way beyond where the song began you can't even see the the shore anymore and then event you're just drifting out in this weird place and then eventually you can see like just the tip of the the land and and you know you get closer and closer and you're back to like where the song comes back in and you're like oh yeah they're actually doing dazed and confused still exactly like and stuff like that is so fun it is it speaks so much to a time where people had a, <laughs> a longer attention span for music, where people wanted to listen to albums and like these epic constructions and stuff. And I don't want to get all kids these days, but God damn, kids these days. It's like, <laughs> you know, I, I work with teenagers and, and like, they'll be like, this is my favorite song. This is my favorite song. Can you play this song? Like put this song on, this is my favorite song. And like, we'll get one verse, one hook, halfway through the second verse, they're done with it. They're like, that's my favorite, <laughs> next, next song, like whatever. It, like the, the, the attention span for music and like, you know, my, my partner is in the world of classical music, which mm-hmm. asks, asks you to listen to what you could call the same song for 40 minutes, uh, you know, 20 minutes, an hour, like, they, they literally call them movements. Yeah. Yeah. Like the only movements I have are in the little boys' room. Yeah, I know you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Uh, well, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I served it up. If you knew I was going to do it, then you're just as culpable as I. I am. I am. I'm the worst. <laughs> oh, uh, Benny, you well, are the worst. <laughs> well, just the worst. Are we done with Led Zeppelin? I have one question, then we can move on to okay. Britney Spears. 
Um, <laughs> my big number three. That's your yeah. That's your banger. Um, I'm thinking about. I could do an hour on Toxic alone. Uh, yeah, I, I believe that. Um, <laughs> anyway. Anyways, so with this song and with, I mean, we might as well just lump all of Led Zeppelin in there as a musician now. A lot of it, yeah. You're thinking, let's think back the last, you know, 20 years you've been playing music with a little more earnestness and sincerity. How has Led Zeppelin shaped you as a drummer, as a singer, as a guitar player? Uh, As a singer, not all that much. I go back and forth on Robert Plant. I'm in a phase right now where I absolutely adore the way that he sings and the things that he does. Um, but there have been, you know, long stretches of my life where I've I've been completely over the sound of him gesticulating over. I don't know if that's the right word. <laughs> I'm over I'm over the sound of him doing whatever he does over Led Zeppelin which is such an amazing band like the band and so yeah to, to go through like guitar playing and drumming like I I can play the drums like Bonham in one way and I think you having played with me on drums will agree with this I don't play fancy but i i play the notes you want to hear and i feel like that's what bonham does but the thing that bonham does that i can't do is plays them with a lot of power when when he hits the drums i i was <laughs> i was watching a, a live zeppelin video um just a couple days ago i realized that Bonham was singing backups at some point and it like struck me. I was like, what, why would, how he can sing? Like it, it seems so like out of character almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause he's like, excuse me. He's like such a caveman. Like uh, you, you, you would expect him to open his mouth and have like come out of it. <laughs> Not like in the shire of the elephants. <laughs> We dream of fun too. That, that's more rushed than Led Zeppelin, but you know, sure. it's progressive. That's great. Um, so yeah, and, and the thing that I like and try to emulate about uh, Jimmy Page on guitar and just try to emulate about the whole band is they would often do this thing where just one player is like playing out of time or in a different time signature. It was often Jimmy Page who would be playing like something that kind of irks your ear because the rhythm section is like so on it and so concrete and just like, and he's like off on something that's more like, which is actually a yes riff, but you know what I mean? But like, page is off on something and he just keeps like they commit to it uh, uh, uh joe does it in in one of our free dirt songs uh, uh you and me against the grain where mm. there's a verse where we're he just goes da 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 over like a and it's like he's committing to being off beat long enough for the beat to come back around to it Oh, so he's, he's behind. And when it comes back around, 
then he's there to do the next thing with you. And, right. and Led Zeppelin does that kind of stuff all the time. Like the, the, like Bonham committing to the straight, like on cashmere with the da 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 like all of that stuff being like outside like i remember <laughs> which is such a stupid thing to say i remember reading that robert plant said that like no other band in the world could play that song because it was like too complicated at the time and now you think about bands like rush and like dream theater and shit and <laughs> it's like yeah people can do anything like skinny puppy yeah, like, easy bobby P- plant yeah <clears throat> just dial it back okay yeah. buddy our We're not friend, at the center yet. Bob Plant. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm good to get off Led Zeppelin. Okay. Because yeah. I'm going to start, I'm, I'll start talking shit. <laughs> yeah, talk about Led Zeppelin for too long. Yeah, let's, let's but get this man, the, music, the music is amazing. There's, there's no, there's no denying the just, just absolute like power. It's so good. Yeah. Well, let's, let's call Led Zeppelin an Uber and let's, um, let's, <laughs> let's go take a walk with, call a different uber to pick up the grateful dead yeah we're we're picking up the grateful dead this song is called morning dew and this is a live recording track so this is live in london 1972 this is also a fairly long song um similar time frame as, as led zeppelin but the feeling the vibe the tone the mood is very different so completely yeah yeah just raw feelings hit me with the raw feelings that you have when you listen to this song um so specifically this song and specifically this recording it was a trick that the dead would do a lot and you know in their current iteration probably still do where they would create this you know extended jam that kind of dissolves and devolves into like complete chaos and just like sonic like absolute nonsense and like out of this extended cloud of of just like where am i what am i who am i this like absolutely pristine kind of beautiful perfect idea will will come into shape and, and how appropriate for it to be a song called like Morning Dew. Like the, the first like beautiful touch of, of daylight across the, 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 the like blades of grass and the landscape and like to come out of like the darkness of not knowing what's happening. Like that's a thing that they do with this particular version of this song in a way that like not, not to get all dead heady about it, but like almost makes me cry to talk about it. And so I remember the like the dead was a band that I, I teased listening to and enjoying, you know, kind of for my whole whole life of learning about music. Um, this song was a breakthrough in in <laughs> finally convincing me to become a deadhead. And it was, I remember thinking it was way more special and way more rare at the time that I listened to it because it was just a cassette tape and it just said Grateful Dead Europe 72. 
And I mean, you, you know, the, the dead, like it's a tape of the grateful dead. Like it, it could be any show, any, any, whatever, but it was the like official, you know, grateful dead released Europe 72 album. Um, and yeah, this song, what did, what did it do to you? What did you think about it? Did you like it? Do you like it? <laughs> <laughs> it gave me, honestly, because you gave me a specific order of these songs, I listened to them in that order. And I think after the, the hell raising tones of Led Zeppelin, there was like a moment of reprieve and relaxation with yeah. what we do. And it just like really calmed me and just like, I just felt very centered. I felt like I was breathing a little bit easier. It was like less chaos in the room, even though it's literally just myself in my apartment. Yeah. But there was just, it was just very calming. It was, it was, it was just kind of like a, a hug in a way. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, I'm so happy to hear that like, that's what it did for you. Um, Cause this is, I think also just kind of a fun order to listen to the songs in. I agree. And I would recommend to anyone who ends up listening to this that you do listen to these songs and listen to them in this order, because why not? Right. And I'm going to, I always put, I put it in the show notes. So this will be in the show notes. People will see all three in this order. Yeah. It's like a half hour. <laughs> it's like an episode <laughs> of Sesame Street. Those yeah. might even be an hour. Really? I don't know. How long is Sesame Street? It's probably an half hour. They can't have that much material after all these years. I don't know. They just added. They will. <laughs> they just yeah. They're like, oh yeah, Big Bird's got COVID now. Right. It's like, oh, Big uh, Big Bird did his taxes. Big Bird is <laughs> going to the DMV. Oh, Big Bird's getting audited. Big Shouldn't Bird's have done his own taxes. Big, Big Bird's going to jail. <laughs> Oscar the Grouch is tunneling him out. <laughs> Hashtag Into- Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Oh, there's got to be. Oh, all right. We'll we'll do a different podcast about puns. Yeah, that's our fourth infinity stone. And wordplay and, and biz. Right, right. I've been doing a pretty good job of watching my language, eh, Benny? I'm happy with it. Are you happy? With I it? thought you might be. And content-wise, like not not too bad, right? I think, we I think we we haven't gone blue, so that's nice. We haven't gone true. blue with our humor. I know if Joe's listening, he would want us to go jo- go go blue. See, I call it going go. Going Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I asked that question before with with Led Zeppelin, how that band has shaped you as a performer and a, mu- and a musician. What about the Dead? So, the the weird comparison I have for the Dead, I have this thing about the Ramones. Um, where I feel like when the Ramones came out, it was this thing where like, and and, and whatever, this isn't my idea. Uh, When the Ramones came out, like, hi kitty, there's a cat. Um, (laughs) When the Ramones came out, it gave everybody this idea, like, oh shit, I can play music. Like you can do this, you can like, it's that same thing again, but almost like, the Ramones were like a backwards step from Led Zeppelin because Led Zeppelin was like, whoa, humans can do this. And the Ramones were like, oh, everybody can do this. Anyone can do this. Um, And so I I feel that way about the dead too. 
in that like it's so accessible if you if you're interested you know if you're not interested it's awful i <laughs> sometimes even if you're interested you listen to it i love the grateful dead and there are times where i have to stop listening to it because it's like that is over the line that's that's too much that's too much usually bob weir uh, that's it's interesting it's i guess there's you're you're already a robert there's already a bob in the picture so you just don't want <laughs> You don't like maybe it's too many Bobs in the kitchen. I was, I was gonna say we got Bob Plant, we got Bob Weir, Bob Schiller. Yeah. Bobby Holiday. Hmm. That one. Yeah. Sounds a bit off. Yeah, yeah. Not one of them is not like William. The other. William. <laughs> William Wallace. Willie Holiday. <laughs> William Wallace. We're back to Mel Gibson. Oh, full circle. <laughs> End podcast. <laughs> That's what this show is about. Mel. Gibson. <laughs> well, we sure did manage to devote a lot of time to this son of a bitch. Yeah, we did. God, he had a lot of airtime. We should call him a lift too. <sighs> yeah, he's out of here. He's yeah. he's not Uber worthy, but he's gone. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the it's it's hard because I I the Grateful Dead is one of those bands, and I've really tried all my life. I've had these experiences where like. I was this punk rock kid and I got into Bob Marley for some, I just, I just couldn't help it. I like love Bob Marley and all my friends were like listening to Decemberists and, and, you know, like crass and all this, like, you know, just you, we dress in black kind of stuff. And I had to like hide it. And like, I, I always felt like I had to explain it to people, like why I liked Bob Marley. And like, I didn't, I didn't quite understand it. And the Grateful Dead is that like times a bajillion because I get why like the Grateful Dead is hard to listen to like sometimes not all the time like Morning Dew is not hard to listen to I don't I think you would agree like yeah I mean I might just set it as my alarm for every morning it, yeah it's like it's beautiful and it's sweet and you're it like arises out of this mist like it it, it comes together seemingly formed from nothing like the beginning of a Mahler symphony <laughs> it, yeah it's it's gentle oh um so yeah this was this was one of the songs that i heard and it was like there's something so special about the the grateful dead just being like okay record everything whatever we don't care everything we do it's so brave and they sound like trash so often <laughs> which makes it so much more brave like it really does they sound terrible a lot and i think they would agree like i don't feel like a dick for saying it like and, and so it's so brave it's so special it's so wonderful to just be like we're gonna do this every night for a hundred years <laughs> and like it's gonna be tough and you're gonna have to like hang in there with us and you're gonna have to like gut it out through some stuff that is not easy like the grateful dead is like life like it, it sometimes it's fun sometimes it's like sad and dark sometimes it's confusing like <laughs> why, why have you been singing good loving or dancing in the streets for 50 years <laughs> like, oh man i don't know i could go on and this this has turned into me talking way more about the grateful dead than morning dew but especially that recording of morning dew yeah. it's just so special and it's such a good example of the like absolutely beautiful moments 
that reward that are there waiting to reward a patient, grateful dead listener. Mm. It's just sad that you have to be so patient sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I may, I may have been mistaken. This may have been the song that was a little bit over 11 minutes and the Led Zeppelin song was also very long, but I don't know if it was this long, but yeah, it's funny too. Cause morning dew is just like a folk song. Like I, it's not, I don't, I don't even think it's a, a grateful dead song. I think it's a cover essentially mm. of a, an old folk tune and Led Zeppelin creates this kind of like concise, um, orchestrated, like everything's thought out. Like we go from here to here, to here, to here, to here, to here, and then back to there. And it's like all very exciting and, and so like razor fucking sharp F bomb. Um, but it is, it is. Um, and then the Grateful Dead are just kind of like, we got our instruments together to play in Europe. <laughs> it's London town, baby. Funky <laughs> London town. <laughs> We're going to play this old folk tune for 12 and a half minutes and it's going to break your heart. Um, there's a, a great story about this song in, uh, here's another plug. Sorry, I, I just got a notification on my work phone. Very How dare you? How dare you? Um, <laughs> so there's a great story about the, the recording of this song, and I'll just tell it because whatever, but you should check out the Long Strange Trip documentary um, about the Grateful Dead. It's like three or four episodes or something, all of them an hour. It's fantastic. Even if you don't like their music, it's just like a fun movie, like documentary to watch because they were very interesting. Um, but uh, for this song, they, they, were, they owed Warner Brothers an album. And so they decided to do a tour of Europe, record every show, and like just make an album off of what they had recorded after they were done. So they had one guy in a in like it was like <laughs> it was like he's the FBI, like outside of somebody's house. Like they had one guy who was in charge of all of the recording like in this, uh, you know, van, essentially, um, out, like outside of the stadium. And um, so they're like the Grateful Dead are in the middle of this like long spacey jam. And this one guy like realizes he has to go to the bathroom and it's like really terrible. And <laughs> it's like, he's, it's gotta happen. And he's like, right. you know what, pluck it. Like I've, uh, screw it, I've, I've, you can use that one. Um, okay. Okay. I, <laughs> like he's never done this on the whole tour. Like it's never happened. He's like, I'm just going to leave the van for a second. He leaves everything rolling. Like everything's fine. And he goes and on his way back, he's walking back through the crowd and the band settles into like playing the beginning of morning dew. And it's that it's like this, this beautiful boom, 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 boom. It harkens from this like mythical forest, and like he stops and he just he's like, Screw it, I'm just gonna stand here and I'm gonna listen to this song. Like, I'm, I'm abandoning my post, I'm gonna experience this right now. And you know, it's 11 minutes or whatever. <laughs> like, obviously, you've, you've heard it, so you know the recording exists and it's fine, and actually, it's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but he stands there and he said, like, uh, 
eventually like Jerry is playing and he notices him in the crowd. Jerry Garcia, he's one of the people in the Grateful Dead. Uh, he notices him standing out in the crowd and they like make eye contact. And it's just like they're, they had, they share this like moment where they're both smiling from ear to ear, like playing this thing. And he's like, well, well none of this might be recorded, but like we're sharing this right now. And it's like this perfectly beautiful thing. I don't know. I get excited about the Grateful Dead. That's amazing. That's such a cool story. That's so awesome. Yeah. And he, you know, he gets back and everything's still humming and, and going along and everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. That's, that's great. I love hearing stories like that. It's so fascinating what happens amongst band members or just amongst people that are connected to a band. I think that's just so awesome. Yeah. And so now like you're, you're kind of talking to me in like the, the like era of the Grateful Dead in, in like what, what I love about music and, and, and you and I played together, like in the spirit of that, like yeah. those for, for the uh, uninitiated listener, like when Benny lived in Madison and, and life-savingly through all of COVID, we had weekly Sunday jams outside where we would just get to get together and improvise on a chord or two for, for, you know, an hour, two hours or whatever. And it was just so special and so pure and such a beautiful thing. Yeah. I miss it pretty much daily. Cause I, cause I still, I still play daily. I still practice a lot, but you, yeah, you, you better. Cause you know, you're, you're coming back and we're going <laughs> to do it again, <laughs> at least, you know, on a, on a vacation kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. But <clears throat> no, you're so right. And like, I think um, with a different guest, we're talking about music and how it's kind of like therapy in a way. Music has helped mm -hmm. me process a lot and understand feelings. And I think you had mentioned before how, you know, the five, six of us last year getting together and jamming and you guys still do, which I'm so happy that you guys are still doing that because I know how special it was for me. And it was for yeah, all we're of all, us. We're all su super happy that that you you don't come and do it with us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, what a treasure! <laughs> <laughs> but what I, what I was going to say is, is that it was like very much like a like a spirit and life save life saving type of thing because like music oh, is completely so, so powerful, so powerful. And other people loved it. Like that was amazing. That was no one was because we weren't like it's it, again like it was uh, enthusiastic amateurs exploring music together yeah. in a public setting <laughs> and like that could easily be something that people say hmm, not quite for me but everybody was so supportive of it and like even after we had sort of moved past you know remember when everybody thought the COVID was over even after everybody thought the COVID was over people were so cool about it and excited about it exactly yeah yeah the neighbors I'm su really surprised we didn't get yelled at but never yeah. Only ever encouraged. Yeah. Um, yeah. So special. Ugh. So beautiful. Robbie, you're breaking me up over here. All right. All right. Let's, let's, let's move on here. Let's, yeah. let's talk about this next song. It's by Kraftwerk. 
<laughs> Do they make hammers and nails, or who's? <laughs> it's by Milwaukee Tools. Yeah, that's actually the, the uh, plug you really wanted to get in on this episode. Is for oh Milwaukee yeah, Tool. send me a <laughs> drill bit, Taylor. <laughs> no, <laughs> I really like Owen Wilson. Coach drill bit, Coach Taylor. Okay, I'll leave it. I'll leave, it. <laughs> I'll leave it. I'm dropping it. Oh man. Okay. Well, it was... feels like it's getting to the point where we should probably stop. Yeah. So this is this um... is where I I'm taking the reins and taking the keys back. This is where I <laughs> this is where I say um I'll leave it at the end for you. So what I like to do with everybody is <clears throat> give them the time and space. If there's anything you're currently excited about, music related or not, or there's any words of wisdom that you want to share to the masses, please do. So I did actually just remember something and um, I think it's super beautiful. Um, it's a story about my life recently. I, I, I started a new job about seven or eight months ago at this point. I really love it. It is extremely challenging. There are many, many, many days where I wanna quit in spite of enjoying it, in spite of thinking it's worthy and, and whatever. And there was this long string and kind of continues to be from time to time, this long string of mornings where I wake up at like five and my brain just starts worrying and worrying and worrying about all these things that I have to deal with. Cause I deal with these people who have these real, real problems that like are, you know, so heavy on their lives and I have to try and help them with this stuff and it just has weighed on me like no other job has ever weighed on me um but I've found that after a Sunday jam and I will say and I you know it's just honest like even more so after like a free dirt rehearsal and jam because that always happens right right um on those days the day the next day i wake up at a better time a more reasonable time and i wake up with songs in my head and with like music and like the biggest thing for me about music which was interesting about doing this with you is like the biggest thing for me with music was always making it I love listening to it, but I love making it. Like, it, like it's beyond anything. I'll make the shittiest music you've ever heard with my buddies and be way happier than listening to like, you know, Sibelius's Seventh Symphony, which is pretty good too. Um, and that's just always been it for me, like making it. Like that's that's always been the therapy. Listening sure does help and all. Oh, I mean, because, you know, nothing is created out of a vacuum. You can't make music without, like, learning it first and, like, burying yourself under it. And, like, yeah. But. So, yeah, I, I don't even know what the point of that story is, but it's just it's like you can wake up with worry in the morning. You can wake up with, like, anxiety and these, like, heavy thoughts or I'm, like, given by the universe this option if I play, if I just play. And I think for a lot of people like listening 
is is that like could be that like if i just listen to something or like appreciate something like if i do that i'm gonna wake up and it's gonna be fine and i'd like draw your own conclusions (laughs) yeah no it's it's very grounding and it's it's it just helps reorient us to the world and calms us down i mean you're listing all these great things about how it's so helpful and rejuvenating and it's i mean i have i feel like i am scratching the surface of musical creation in comparison to you but i will say starting out playing the bass the surface is just as fun as everywhere else oh absolutely that's what's so great about it absolutely and i was just going to say that i'm just so like happy and grateful that i was able to like discover that inside of myself to to achieve a fraction of what you are describing that you're achieving because i do remember the same feelings of waking up I mean, actually not even waking up like an hour after the jam. It's like, oh, my hands are kind of tired, but I have like a swelling belly of joy after that. (laughs) And then I would would go to sleep and then wake up the next day. It's like, man, it's Monday. And there'd be a smile on my face. And that's, I don't know if anybody anybody knows how Mondays work, but you typically don't have a smile on your face all the time when you wake up on a Monday. If you don't know how Mondays work, uh, I will direct you to a little cartoon strip called Garfield. Was it actually called Garfield? Because sometimes they surprise you with the names. I don't know. Maybe it was called whatever. Yeah, I don't know. But I think that's that's a great thing. So you're, yeah, I'm I'm glad you shared that. And I I hope that, I mean, this is a podcast that's about music and related to music. But I hope that people have that in their lives, even if it isn't music. That there is. Yeah, that's kind of what I was. Yeah. Yeah. That that's kind of what I was like thinking about and like excited about like there there's got to be that thing for everybody because because like again it could be listening to music could be playing music it could be you know making a movie with your buddies doing stand-up comedy yeah cabinetry fine cabinetry cooking cooking for some people oh man cooking for a lot of people and i love those people (laughs) (laughs) it is very fun i do enjoy that too uh well, let's let's tie a bow on this thing. What do you think? All right. Bow time. It's bow time. All right. Well, I just want to say thank you to you, Robbie, for taking time on a on a Wednesday evening. I'm sure it's chilly there and you're all bundled up in your your suit of gray, <laughs> your sweatshirt and your sweatpants. I love it. You're so cozy over there. Um, I'm cozy all the time. <laughs> but no, but but actually, like I really appreciate you taking the time and it's always a joy. It's always a joy hanging out and, and chatting with you and don't do it enough. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.